0: Well, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, well, I did say to Alison on the way, people might not listen today because there's another attraction in the room. Um, so some of you probably don't care what I'm saying um, because if he starts playing up, you'll be listening to him anyway. So I'm just going to preach my own thing and uh, just hope you enjoy it. Well, it is um, a bit of a special sermon because um, something. ...that I've always done... Um, ...I say always... ...it's because I've got a very big clan... ...but whenever... ...my boys were born... um, ...I always... ...preached a sermon... ...on their name... ...because... um, ...I've got this thing where I think names are important... Um, ...they seem to be in the Bible... ...so... ...I don't know why we don't think any different... ...every time a child was named in the Bible... There was a reason behind that naming. And most of those names had something to do with some of these characteristics of God that we've just heard about. So, of course, Joel. Oh, there he is. Joel. You can you just see through it. Yeah, that's Joel, Yahweh is God. Jehovah Elohim. That's what his name means. So that was a good sermon. They won't remember any of these because they were babes at the time. Then there was Daniel. God is my judge. Mm-hmm. Sums him up perfectly. <laughs> so you can see how these things really fit well. There's John. Yahweh has been gracious. Mm-hmm. So great name for John. I forgot any- Oh yeah, there's another one, Matthew. <laughs> You've got a special name. Your name means gift of God. Mm-hmm. And that's true. He's a gift of God. <laughs> Nearly all the time. So, where are we going to go with Freddy? <laughs> because, as you may realise, I've scoured the concordance. I've um, even tried reading Bibles in Welsh, German, Italian. He's not in there. So, this is going to be fun this morning. But when I looked up what the name Freddy means, it's a brilliant name. It's from both a German and an American background, but we'll forgive that bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a German and an American mm-hmm. name. And it's the two German words, I've done German CSE, some of you will remember CSEs when mm-hmm. you were in school, not very good, mm-hmm. is Fridu Rick? Fridurik. See, there's Frederick there, did you notice that? Fridurik. Now the Fridu bit, I know it sounds like he comes from Lord of the Rings, but it means peace. And the Rick bit means ruler or powerful. So bringing it all together then with the American way, the peaceful ruler. The peaceful ruler, what a great name. Especially as we're heading towards another Christmas season where this meaning of the name of our Saviour comes to the forefront again. And that's why I'm going to read these words. And I know you're probably not supposed to read these before December. Well, in fact, next week is the first Sunday of Advent, so you could read it next week. But I'm jumping in there. Because I got chosen Isaiah 9.6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So when we think of the peaceful ruler, there have been many rulers... ...around our world. Many of them are known probably for their power and might in situations of war. There are not many rulers who are sort of noted for their peaceful ways or their peaceful means. But our saviour came as a ruler who wanted to bring something more than war on the enemy. He wanted us as his people... To know something of the peace that's beyond all understanding. He is the Prince of Peace. Freddy, Frederic, the peaceful ruler. There have been a few Freddies around out there. Maybe not a great amount with the name Freddy in its fullness, but my first memory of a Freddy was a picture that was taken of me before I probably had memories of anything. And I blame pictures like this of my love for music because my dad was a lover of music and he made me watch Top of the Pops every week. We would religiously sit down every Thursday. It was on Thursday night. We'd always watch Top of the Pops. And I just grew loving music. But one of the first pictures that I had in a pushchair was when my mum and dad went to see the group Freddie and the Dreamers. Do you remember that? And there's a picture of me in my pushchair with Freddie of Freddie and the Dreamers looking at me, kneeling down, looking at me in this pushchair. What a claim to fame! It's not only people online; I'm a celebrity you can name drop, you know. I know some of you have never heard of Freddie in the Dreams. You're born in the wrong generations. But that's the first Freddie I came across. There's a person called Freddie Highmore, who was in the film Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, who played Charlie in the new version with Johnny Depp. There's a Freddie Fox. That sounds like a good name, a cartoon character. He was in The Three Musketeers. But the most famous Freddie, after Freddy Leader, mm-hmm. was of course Freddie Mercury. He was lead singer of some band called Queen, mm-hmm. who they tell me had one or two hits. Mm-hmm. Freddie, Fridou Rick, the peaceful ruler. It's funny that we've had a rap today, because you're going to have another rap. It's mm-hmm. goodness. See, God confirms things in many ways. (laughs) He is the Prince of Peace. Because in our lives, he can accomplish these three things that I'm going to share with you today. He is the Prince of Peace. Because he can restore every broken relationship. He's the Prince of Peace. Because he restores every broken relationship. At the beginning of time, there was the fall. Adam and Eve in the garden partook of the fruit that they were told not to eat from. And because of that one act, they were banished from the garden. Sin entered the world, death entered the world. Relationship with God, at the intimate place of where it was in the garden of Eden was no longer there. It was broken. The whole of the Old Testament is about man and God walking that journey towards a place of promise, towards the place of restoration. God revealing to his people that it can't be through effort. And the Ten Commandments were given. All these rules and regulations. The high priests in the tabernacle and the temple. They would come and a lot of blood was shed. And a lot of people went through the motions of trying to gain their forgiveness through the act of a priest. And through the shedding of bloods of lambs and goats of birds and pigeons. Just so they could try to find a redemption. But one thing that mankind discovered through that journey was that there was no final word on forgiveness. There was no final word on redemption. Although they would go and have that freedom for a while as the priests slayed these animals and the blood was shed, they would again walk out and sin would enter the world. But then there was a word that became flesh. There was a lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. There was a prince of peace. You now every time I read passages like these, these messianic promises, you know, I'm always amazed and intrigued at what these prophets and these people were actually thinking when they spoke these words. Did they fully realise what they were saying? You know, did Isaiah, as he spoke these words, really think, Oh, this is speaking about a Messiah who will be here one day. Or was he puzzled? Oh, that's my turn to flick that when you try and poke your eye. Was he intrigued about... What these words meant. Did he think a child was going to be born in his day? And that this would be a prince of peace for the people of Israel at that time? You know, I always ponder things like that as they spoke these words. Incredible words. Profound words. You know, when we read them looking back, we think, oh wow, he's speaking of Jesus. But to Isaiah, he's looking forward to a time. To one Who would come. And this Lamb of God did come into this world. Ephesians 2.14 says. For he himself is our peace. Mm -hmm. Who has made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. That is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man. From the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. He is our peace. Our Prince of Peace. Because He has restored every broken relationship. He has come to restore peace between us and the Father. So that we can know Him. So that we can be drawn back into this relationship again. So that we can be one with Him. Once where there was enmity, now there is a bringing together again. He is our Freddy. He is our peaceful ruler. You know, one of the first images I have as a Christian is you know when someone draws a picture it was probably a blackboard back then in my day but it was like a board, and they would draw a picture of one mountain one side and another mountain the other side, and they would say, "This mountain is God, this mountain is us, and there's this gulf in the middle." How can we get to the place where God is? And of course these clever evangelists (laughs) would draw a picture of the cross in the middle where a crossbar would go across from one mountain to the other. Jesus made the way. You know, if you don't know... The truth of that incredible fact of Jesus making a way for you to be restored back into relationship again. Just think about what he has done for you. That death upon the cross takes away the effort of us trying to be good. Of us trying to accomplish. Of us thinking we can make it through our efforts. It's no longer through the bulls and the sheep and the lambs and the blood of animals. The blood of Jesus has made a way. He has come to restore every broken relationship. We can be one with him again. Secondly, he is the Prince of Peace. Because he assures our eternal destiny. He assures our eternal destiny. It isn't only about a restored relationship now. No, of itself, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? That our relationship with God is restored, and that we could go through the rest of this life knowing God. You know, that's an amazing thought. And even if we lived 60, 70, 80 years of grace with him. What an amazing life that would be. But this world. Is not the end of the story. You know. There, there was this phrase going around. that It probably still goes around now. There must be more to life than this. You know, we sometimes say that in Asda. When we're having a good day. There must be more. To life. Than another joint of beef. Going on the shelf. There must be more to life than this. And you know, we're not just promised our three score year and ten. When we come to Christ, when we know Him, when we are in that place of relationship with Him, there is a promise of a life hereafter. There is eternal life for those who will believe. This is 1 John 5. I'll start reading at verse 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come. And has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true... And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. It isn't just about knowing Jesus the Son. It is about knowing He's the true God and our eternal life. Through knowing Him, there is a way... Yes, to relationship with the Father, but also the promise of a life hereafter. We could all quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. The promise is for all. The promise is for each and every one of us. John 14.27 It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He has given us an incredible promise through salvation through relationship, that there is an assurance of our eternal destiny. A restoring of every broken relationship. An assurance of our eternal destiny. And he's also provided a well-ordered and balanced life for us. That's your wrap. Restored every broken relationship, assured our eternal destiny, and provided a well ordered and balanced life. We need to come to the word peace here to fully understand this. I don't know what your thoughts are when you hear the word peace. We might think it's about an absence of war, we might think it's just about a day without any worry. We might just think it's a time when the noise of everybody has left the house and we're sitting there and it's peace at last. The baby's gone home. All the boys are gone and stopped watching football. And there is peace. A peace that passes all understanding. But to the Jews, the word peace had... So much more of a meaning to it than that. One of their greetings, or when they depart from each other, they will say the word shalom. And when they say that, it doesn't just mean peace, man. (laughs) Oh yeah, have a nice day. What they are wishing on one another goes beyond just having a quiet time. It means the state of tranquility, quiet. Harmony, the absence of all violence, and a word which is really in for today, well being. That's what the word shalom means. It is a place of total and utter well being in Him. Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. God is interested in our emotional and physical concerns. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. He is concerned about every ounce of worry of life that you go through. And as I often say when I pray, there is nothing too big for our God to handle. He is concerned about the biggest situations that we're going through. But there is also nothing too small that he isn't interested in. You know, to us sometimes, what other people might think are insignificant worries are big situations for us. And sometimes we just need to know that The Prince of Peace is there with us. That he's standing there in our situation. You know, when our family members are going through situations. When we're struggling. When we've got work situations. Money worries. All of these things. He is interested in our emotional and physical concerns. He is interested in our well-being. He wants us to be whole. Then there's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes I read verses like that, oh there's your nose. Sometimes I read verses like that and I think it's alright for you to say God. Be anxious for nothing. Because the world is full of worries, isn't it? You know, it's almost like we think God's got nothing to worry about. You know, he just looks at this earth and it's like, oh yeah, there's all those people struggling there, never mind, let them get on. You know, be anxious for nothing. But God, I'm going through this. Be anxious for nothing. Bring your heart and your mind to the one who cares. He says, cast your anxieties upon me. You know, I've never been a fisherman. The nearest I've got to that is trying to catch tadpoles in a net. But if you cast something, which I'm sure Terence will tell us... It's as far as it will go into the river. You cast it from you. Cast your anxieties upon me. Because I care for you. Surrender our burdens. Give everything to him. Realise that in him there is a provision of a balanced life, a well-ordered life, a life where our burdens are laid at the foot of the cross. You know How many of us take our burdens to that place and then once we've finished praying, we pick them up and go off again with them. And we might even collect a few more while we're there, just for good measure. But He is the God who cares for us. Isaiah 57, 19. I will teach them a new word. Shalom. Peace. I will give peace to those who are near and to those who are far away. I will heal them. The Lord himself has said this. You know, it's funny, isn't it, that He says there, I'll give them a new word. You know, surely that word peace had been around before then. But it's almost like God wanted to underline this. I want to bring you something new. Because I, as the Prince of Peace, want to deliver my shalom, my peace, into your lives and into your hearts. To those who are near and those who are far away. You know, I loved that when I read that again. Just taking that in. It's like, yes, if we draw near, we'll get the Prince of Peace. The peace of God that that passes all understanding. But even to those that are far away, those that are struggling, God still wants to, to deliver his peace. He still wants them to walk in this shalom that he delivers from heaven. And to show how important it is. You know, this is God speaking through the prophet and he doesn't say this all the time. But here he says, the Lord himself has said this. Now, it makes you wonder who said the rest of the book of Isaiah. <laughs> but it's like, the Lord himself has said this. This is how important this is, Isaiah says. You really need to know something of the peace of God. The Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom. Shalom, well-being in all parts of life. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. May all your needs be met in the one who is the Prince of Peace. May you find your well-being, your wholeness in Him. Charles Wesley wrote these words in one of his hymns. I rest beneath the Almighty's shade. My griefs expire. My troubles cease. Then God on whom my soul is stayed. Will keep me still. In perfect peace. And I'm sure you can think. Of many other songs, hymns and spiritual songs that have been written. About the peace of God. The incredible peace of God. He is our peace who has broken down every wall. He is our peace. He is our peace. So this morning, as Freddie is here amongst us for the first time. And every time that you see him now, I want you to remember this. You see, every time we see these boys as they grow, a reminder of a characteristic of God comes through their life. And every time we see Freddy, this Fridu Rick, this peaceful ruler, may we be reminded of our Prince of Peace, who has restored every broken relationship, who has assured our eternal destiny, and who has provided our well-being and a way for us to enter his peace. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace.